1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.
1: We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy?
0: Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars.
1: The panel. Yeah. Yeah. Experienced journalists with us this morning in Hamish Bidwell and Jamie Wall and uh, plenty to talk about the, this morning, gentlemen. Uh, Jamie, if I can begin with you, please. Uh, the two Super Rugby semifinals, uh, I think they lived up to expectations. They were both quite gripping, weren't they?
2: Yeah, good morning, Smithy. Good morning, Hamish. Um, yeah, yeah, they were uh, pretty tight, uh, tense encounters. Uh, I thought that... Um, definitely the game on Friday night uh, was, was uh, probably didn't go the way that we, we, we thought it was going to but it was still a, a pretty good watch um, a lot's been made of the fact that the, the Crusaders made, what was it, 200, 300 tackles or whatever it was but I, I have to be honest, I have to be honest uh, there's, there's, one, there's one thing to play hard defence there's another thing to play against a team that gets in the 22 and then completely craps their pants uh, because they don't know what to do uh, like, clearly the Chiefs have gone in with the mindset of we're just going to play the same way we've played all year because it's worked for us. But really, if you start getting kickable penalties in a semi-final and the other team's kicking them, you kick those points. And uh, and and then and you don't try and go to the line and throw these like wide passes that were just getting picked off uh, by the Crusaders. Uh, like, the Chiefs, I, I think, probably beat themselves more than the Crusaders beat them on Friday. And it was, it was really sad to see because, you know, Brad Webber, Absolutely played his heart out all season, to be honest. with um, was almost in tears at the end, because he knew that they'd literally thrown their game away. Uh, they had a great chance to win, um, win that game and, and kind of blow it. But, you know, what it does mean is that we've got the final that we've all been talking about for the last, like, few months now. Like I remember, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this every time I've been on your show, somebody, that we want a Blues Crusaders final at Eden Park, and we've got it. And that was through, you know, another very tense game on the Saturday night. Um I personally think the Blues deserve to win that game. Um, uh, you know, the Brumbies just didn't actually start playing rugby until about the 50-minute mark, and their coach afterwards, Dan McKellar, uh, admitted that. Um, he also had an absolutely massive spray at the rules and the refereeing, um, which was great uh, because it was just awesome to see a passionate, animated coach just rip into what he what he thought about um, after the game. Yes, he there, there are some fair complaints there, but like I said, I think that the the, the right team won um, that game. Um, however. Uh, you know, it's it's yet another game uh, where the Blues have taken it right down to the wire and 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 won it on the on the last play. I think it's third game out of the last five that they've they've done that. Um, so going into a final, if it comes down to a very tense situation in which one team needs to score and the other team needs to defend. Um, the blues have got that experience uh, in the back pocket which is interesting because you think that uh, in that situation you' be back in the crusaders but it's the blues who are the, are the team um, that have got that uh, got that experience in their back pocket there so you know really really interesting final coming up um, and hopefully a big crowd shows
1: uh, i'm pretty sure it will uh, i'll be very very uh, disappointed and surprised if wasn't very very chocker, uh, Eden Park at the weekend. Hamish Bidwell, you've uh, known for a lot of your uh, opinion pieces, uh, very fine ones at that. Um, w- do you have do you have an opinion on the officiating in the game in general? Was it was it just uh, that uh, over the weekend that um, perhaps it attracted more attention than normal or not?
0: Well, I'll isolate the Blues game. I felt towards the end there. I was watching um, Golden Point an NRL game where the referee puts the whistle in the pocket and hopes desperately that. Nothing too egregious happens or that the players can sort it out themselves without them having to be in the hot mm. seat and have to make a decision that may be unpopular with people. Um, I felt the yeah. Brumbies were hard done by there. I felt that if the boot were on the other foot and the Blues were in Canberra and an Australian referee uh, didn't come to the party, as it were, um, we'd be outraged. So. It's easy to say, oh, it's the competition, it's the final the competition wanted and these are the two best teams and all that kind of carry on and the validity of that. But I thought on the day, uh, the Brumbies were hardly done by and we'd be furious if it happened uh, to our New Zealand team.
1: Crusaders' defensive effort, um, and I take Jamie's point too, they were a little bit inept in terms of their finishing the Chiefs. So, What did you make of that that performance Friday night?
0: That's the Crusaders' model. They give you the ball, they back their defence, they wait for you to make errors, and whether that's an infringement, they kick the points, or whether that's a turnover that they gain and then run back the other, other end of the field and try and score. That's that's the model, and nothing, not a lot, will change there. Um, in terms of the final, I think the Blues have a great advantage with their propping rotation, um, and you can see, you know, the luxury that's given Barrett. He's a reborn player, isn't he, away from. Playing with TJ away from being behind a failing pack, he looks in total command. And so, you know, with Swarbrick's props and, and Barrett in sublime form, it's an intriguing matchup. Um, the Crusaders, I assume, as they always do, will give them the ball and then back themselves to try and defend. But with Barrett and Yuani, among others, uh, in the back line there, it's going to be um, an interesting tactic and it'll be um, an intriguing battle.
1: Hamish, hey, I know you love your cricket, um, and if you love your batting, then you would have been loving this Test match uh, in England. Of course, uh, New Zealand five fifty odd, uh, England four seventy three for five in reply with Joe Root still there one hundred and sixty three. It's obviously quite flat, but uh, did we give ourselves every chance with our bowling lineup?
0: I'd have played Wagner um, dry pitch, not a lot doing. Matt Henry is a fine bowler, but he relies on conditions that you know that do a bit. Um, I find batting games like this a bit of a bore, I have to be honest about that. Um, I'd like to see the ball slightly in the descendant in Test cricket. Um, yeah, I'd have picked Wagner. I probably would have thought about Patel too. I, he's a really curious case, isn't he? I mean, I just think our captains are loath to play him. And then when they do pick him, they don't really know how to use him or even want to use him. So uh, I think we're lacking a bit of variety there. Wagner he could go short or even just exploit a bit of up and down bounce. And, you yeah, in a front-line spin, I think they'd have been Andy. I mean, it's a hard game. It's flat. You've got to take every chance. New Zealand haven't taken every chance. And, and in that case, you know, you're staring down the barrel a bit. But hopefully, it does turn out to be a draw. and hate New Zealand to sort of collapse and, you know, make a game of it for England. But, uh, yeah, they got, they'll go to Headingley and everything to play for, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably uh, what's going to happen, without doubt. Uh, I, I, worry, I worry a wee bit for Patel as well. And, and Jamie, I mean, um, you know, uh, his second-last performance for us, what was 10 wickets and in an innings, and his last performance for us, two overs, none for 22. I hope uh, uh, that isn't it for him on that basis.
2: Yeah, well, it would be the end of a pretty unique story uh, if, it, if it was. Um, I mean, one thing I will say about this test is I wish I got to play on a pitch like this when I was opening um, the batting, because <laughs> it looks like there's plenty of, of room it. Um, uh, yeah, I have to agree with um, with Hamish. Uh, probably needed uh, Wagner in there just for his um, ability to probably just grab the game by the scruff of the neck um, and take, you know, just get, go on a bit of a run and, and 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 sort of rip the heart out of the the order there. But yeah, it's um, I, I think you're right. They, they are probably still looking towards uh, the next test and 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 hopefully a bit more of a juicy pitch for. To, that could get a result, because I'm yeah pretty sure this one's heading for a draw the way that um, the New Zealand top order, and especially Daryl Mitchell and Tom Blundell um, are batting in really, really good form. So, I mean, that that's the one good thing that they've managed to uh, sort of get out of this tour so far, is that those guys are in some, uh, you know, really good really good form. Um, and Mitchell looks like he's, you know, really cementing his place uh, as, a, as an important member of, the, of that, that top order. But, yeah, but back to Patel, I mean... You know, it's uh, I guess it's the like the Hollywood story in reverse, isn't it? Like he's gone from um, taking team wickets in and innings to being like you said a guy that they don't even know how to use anymore. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what
1: happens there. Yeah, I, I, I fear for it a wee bit. To be fair, that as uh, Hamish pointed out, uh, the confidence in playing spinners through our captains over the years has been. Just a little bit daunting at times and worrying. So it's ten thirty one here on SENZ. Hamish Bidwell with us this morning, as is Jamie Wall. We'll be back very shortly with uh, perhaps a look at uh, the Warriors, uh, some golf, uh, two tournaments, uh, big tournaments played over the weekend uh, with interesting results as well, and uh, of course the Black Ferns uh, on and show yesterday and another pretty good performance, shutting out Canada twenty eight nil. Back shortly. The opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, Hamish Spidwell with us this morning and Jamie Wall, of course, uh, as well. And Jamie, uh, 90 minutes away, roughly 90 minutes away from Ian Foster, revealing all to us. What are you expecting?
2: Uh, well, I think that if there are going to be any bolters in this team, they can't really be called bolters because every every player in contention has been so, so well signposted um, so much um, throughout this year that, I, I don't think there's. You could really call it too much of a surprise. Like if uh, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck or even prepared to make it in. Like we've been talking about that for for weeks now. So um, I think the biggest issue I have with the squad naming is that they're even doing it all at all. We've just we opened the show with the big chat about uh, what should be a really really important Super Rugby Pacific final, and it's and in it's inaugural year. Um, in front of, you know, a sellout crowd at Eden Park. And if I was New Zealand rugby, that's what I'd be focusing on this week, um, not this. Uh, they can have training camps. Um, they could name perhaps um, the squad that doesn't include the Blues or Crusaders uh, players because they're not available anyway. Like I said, like if, if RTS and Stephen to make it like those are the guys we want to talk to. And we can't because they're not going to be there today. Um, and I, I think that they've just really kind of missed a trick that the All Blacks are kind of lumbered into a week where they really aren't necessary. Um, you have uh, a new cycle that should be all about this game on Saturday night because uh, if you have some guys that don't get named um, or do get named, it's going to affect the, the, their motivations um, for the rest of the week. And I just... I just can't get it from my head why why they would have would have done this. Like I, yeah, I get it, they've got three weeks to prepare for the for the IRS series and everything, but it's just like, geez, Foster, just take a back seat. Uh we don't really need to hear about this right now. Um But yeah, I, I mean obviously there's there's the usual question marks over kind of irrelevant spots like this third halfback or third hooker. Uh, you know, does it does it really matter? Um, uh, I think that uh, you know there's going to be a couple of guys who are going to establish players who are going to probably miss out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, like I'll, I want to deal with this next week. Um, I, oh, there's, there's bigger mm-hmm. things happening this week, right? In my opinion.
1: Interesting perspective, uh, Jamie. Well, there, uh, Hamish Budwell. Um, do you concur with that and uh, what do you you make of uh, any likely inclusions that might surprise?
0: Well, we obsessed over people who are largely irrelevant, you know what I mean? Like Jamie alluded to it, you know, guys who are going to be second, third stringers not going to play a lot. Oh, gee, you know, and it's a bit of a nothing, you know, I, mean, I wouldn't pick Toivasa Shek, I wouldn't pick Perifeta, I think they've been flattered by being in a good team, I haven't seen anything from Toivasa Shek we like a mouse cutter, which he's going to have to whack in when he's going really pick him. Um, to suggest that he's a test quality midfield back, Perefe is a poor man. It's Damien McKenzie, I know McKenzie's ineligible at the moment, but I just think we're handing caps away to blokes like that. You know, we're really pretty becoming pretty frivolous. Um, but again, you know, that's he's the fringe guys. They won't start test of consequence that I can see, or not. You know, starting these games against Ireland. So. You know, it's a bit of a distraction. Do I care? Not really. Do you know what I mean? I, I just, I, we're contributing to it now, but I sort of have an attitude of wake me up when something happens. You know, when there's a game on and we can talk about an actual game, I'll be fascinated. But, you know, the naming of a squad, it's a PR performance, and we talk about how wonderful it is and the challenges of the tough decisions and all that. But, you know, let's get out there and play the game.
1: Uh, stay with you if I can Hamish It's not uh, England and it's not France uh, But the uh, Black Ferns under Wayne Smith Are 2-0 and uh, With a shutout against Canada yesterday So I guess we could say um, Hard to get a gauge but a, a promising start Anyway
0: I think you summed it up perfectly Ian It's not England and it's not France um, They're the teams that, that, that you know, Made New Zealand really second rate Set piece wise um, Certainly among the forwards in general um, These games are you know, they're nice. I think we all assume the team will be better under Wayne Smith. It's nice that they have a smile on their face and they're scoring some okay tries, but it tells us nothing. Those are the games that'll reveal all about this team, and that, they've got a lot of work to do because they were so- thoroughly outplayed last year.
1: Stacey Jones in charge of the Warriors. Uh, Jamie Wall, we haven't even mentioned league this morning. It's been pretty much rugby dominated, but <coughs> Stacey Jones, yeah, and the more things change, the more they stay the same.
2: Yeah, definitely a case of um, same shit, different day. To be honest, um, I, I will say one thing about last night's game. It was an per- absolute perfect time slot for the Warriors because um, once they started playing like rubbish, you could just go to bed um, and not have to put yourself through the remaining hour or so of, of, of what they were dishing up. Um, I, I wasn't expecting them to do any miracles. Yeah, they. I mean, they, they looked okay in the in the first ten minutes. but so they should uh, with the, the sort of players that they've got. Um, good for Reese Walsh uh, getting out there and having a reasonably decent game in front of, I guess, the fans that he's going, he's no doubt going to be playing in front of um, for Recliffe when he eventually signs for them. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, sort of running out of things to say uh, with them. I mean, it's. I, I guess things will start to get a little bit more interesting when they come back and play at Mount Smart And, you know, they're back over here and there's going to be a bit of a reconnection there. Like that is going to be an interesting thing, a bit of emotion there. But until then, I kind of feel like they've already clocked off (laughs) for 2022. Uh, I feel for Stacey Jones. Mm. You know, he didn't put himself in this position. Um, uh, The good thing about it is no one's really expecting anything um, out of him. He's not regarded as like a master coach or a savior or anything like that. He's just a club legend who's just sort of pitching in and doing his bit, which is sort of says a lot um, about, uh, about who he is and and what he's about. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to be making the playoffs. So um, at least the pressure's off him, and he's going to come out of this not looking uh, like every other Warriors coach um, in the last decade or so.
1: Uh, Hamish, uh, I'd like to meet to golf if I could, because um, we've got two rival sort of tours going on at the same time here and a first LIV golf tournament over the weekend, Charles Swartzel from South Africa going wider, wider win 4 million bucks, massive paycheck of course this morning, uh, Rory McIlroy winning the Canadian Open on the legitimate PGA Tour I don't know if the the legitimate's the right word actually, but the PGA Tour uh, what have you made of all this and, and all, all the circus surrounding Greg Norman? I mean, y- you've been around a while, um, and Greg Norman used to be regarded as a great golfer. How are we regarding him now?
0: Uh, not well, but his reputation was enhanced immeasurably this morning by uh, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan, who saw his piece to camera with uh, Jim Nance on this Sky coverage this morning for CBS. Um, shrill, uh, pathetic dictatorial uh, embarrassing really was how i would describe monaghan and i can see how players would get the pit with them um sports washing really complicated issue uh it seems to be a, a ground sort of opinion that golfers are you know the dregs of humanity by taking the saudi money i think it's a lot more complicated than that and, and the world's ties to saudi arabia are a lot more widespread than just a few golfers taking a bit of money um Far out. It's a really polarising issue, and it's one that the PGA Tour didn't help themselves with this morning with Monaghan's performance. Um, It it confirmed why players want to go, why they feel dissatisfied with the product and the uh, the way they're treated by their governing body. Um, I think it would potentially lead to more guys wanting to join the Live Tour. I don't know if I like the Live Tour, but I, I think it golfs at a time where it needs... A bit of a shake up and this is it and where it shakes down in a couple of years time I'm fascinated to see but I think things are probably going to get a bit uh, difficult for the PGA Tour in the next few months and, um, and and we'll probably reach a compromise and maybe end up with, with one tour down the track. but in the meantime we have two tours I think the Lov Tour is going to expand in, in, in terms of its calibre of player um, mm. and yeah there's a lot of money isn't there
1: there's a hell of a lot of money, uh, Jamie Wall, and at the end of the day, um, if you're in the business of making it, which professional golfers are, uh, it's got to be appealing, and, and uh, it's, I, 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 the thing for me that has been so interesting is, is the, uh, the focus on Greg Norman himself. I've got no idea what they're paying him, but it will be squillions and squillions of dollars for him to, to front up as aggressively as, as he has. How do you, how do you look at uh, the, this particular, this particular scenario with golf at the moment?
2: Well, I think it goes much wider than golf. I think this is just a, a conversation about um, just natural human nature, uh, uh, you know. And it comes down to the fact that every man has his price, um, you know. And I'm no exception. Um, I've just spent five minutes begging the All Blacks for naming their team on Monday, and I'm about to go down there and make some money off uh, filming it. So um, there's, uh, you know, it's it's if you dump in a, a, enough cash on someone's driveway, they'll do. They'll play. They'll say what you want. Um, To me, though, I'm surprised it's got this far. I thought it it was going to go the way of the the old um, European Super League that happened in in football. Um, But of course, you know, golf has a far different, I I guess, um, support base than that, and it's probably a bit more uh, understanding of um, you know the amount of money um, going around. Um, But like, like said, I mean. You know, it's a it's a really complicated issue, um, in terms of like why people would be opposed to it. There's very good reasons to say that this is this is wrong, um, where the money's coming from. There's also some compelling reasons to go, hold up, well, if you're gonna be angry at this, then there's all of these things as well. Um, so I don't. I think it's being boiled down to a very binary um, uh, conversation when it's actually quite a bit, quite a grey area. Um, but like I said before, it's just it, what it really is about. It's about money, and um, I think that you know it is in the PGA's best interest to probably not dig their heels in um, so much because this isn't going away. You can't just push that much money off the table uh, that easily. Um, so yeah, like, like Hamish said, it's going to be fascinating to see what see what happens with this and see what other players I guess cross the um, cross the line and go over, go over to it. Because I think that once you get uh, a big name, because it's one thing that you know as a casual golf fan, that's one thing I've thought about the Live Tour is like, I'm not really seeing the guys that I know I would normally hear about on the on the on the bulletins and and uh, and see on the highlights uh, that I, I personally would watch, but. Once you start getting those big names that you know the average sports fan recognises, then you've got, then you've got a problem um, for the PGA. Mm-hmm. So they might as well try and front foot it and try and start that that conversation about how we how they can work together, perhaps to re, uh, resolve this whole thing.
1: Okay, Jamie Wall, uh, been with us this morning, is has, uh, has Hamish Bidwell. Uh, Thank you very much, gentlemen, and we'll have another one uh, panel at the same time tomorrow morning. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.